This summer, some of the biggest names in music decided that we all need to dance. Drake, Beyonce, Charlie XCX, Bad Bunny, they all departed from their usual styles to create albums inspired by a genre called house music. Now, if you're a boomer like me, you'll know house music was huge in American music during the early 1990s. Good stuff. Even a nerd like me was able to show off some moves. Maybe not. But just as quickly as house went mainstream, it then went back underground until now. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, essential news from the LA Times. It's Wednesday, August 10th, 2022. Today, as summer starts coming to a close, how house music became the sound of liberation and why it's back and more mainstream than ever. My LA Times colleague, August Brown, covers pop music and the music industry. August, welcome to Times. Hey, thanks for having me. So what exactly is house music? Is it the type of electronic music that goes, or am I messing it up? <laughs> so house music is, I, I guess the cleanest definition, and you'll know this as a child of the, growing up in the 90s, the differences uh-huh. between electronic genres like house music or techno or big beat or anything. Um, you know, People have fought wars over these definitions. And I guess house music is, it's dance music that's made with samples and it's meant to bring people together on a dance floor. It's got a strong four on the four beat that kind of allows you to get lost in the music and it's a real lattice work for all sorts of interesting musicality on top of it. It's usually got a vocal hook, a belter to really kind of bring the, almost like a spiritual quality of the song home. And it's really meant to get people dancing together. It's not isolating like techno. It is meant to come together in a sacred shared space and have the night of your life. But yeah, it is uns uns music if you want to refer to it pejoratively. But yes, it is a strong four on the four, about maybe like 120 to 130 BPM and Within those rules, you can do pretty much anything else on top of it. Yeah, it's true what you say, though, about the big vocals. I remember the older house music from when I was growing up, and they always had just such great voices. But why do they call it house music anyways? So there's a specific building and a time and place that house music came from. It was a club called The Warehouse in Chicago, which was run by this excellent DJ and really formative figure named Frankie Knuckles. He um, was one of the very early progenitors of house music. And there, there was a guy, Larry Levon, in New York that was the first to start taking disco music and really drawing it out and mixing it together into very long lengths that allow you to get lost on a dance floor and add some electronic elements into it. But Frankie Knuckles was the guy that would take those samples of disco records like we were talking about that, you know, house music is built on samples and cuts of older records. And he would put them on loops, use, you know, that four on the four beat and made like a whole new genre out of it. And he started doing this at a club in Chicago called The Warehouse in the 80s and into the 90s where a lot of the post-industrial Midwest, black, gay, trans people could come to this club and experience this music in a really communal, joyful, extremely free, non-judgmental setting in a society that really pushed them to the margins in other places. That's interesting you say that because then in the late 80s and early 90s, you started getting some mainstream exposure to house music, or at least 
derivatives of house. So how did that happen? So this was kind of the age of the house remix. You know, artists like Madonna and Janet Jackson would get remixed by DJs like Paul Oakenfold. You had Daft Punk came to its first commercial success around then. You had people like Kylie Minogue were using house beats to make Top 40 pop. I think a lot of the stuff that you're talking about, though, is uh, artists like CeCe Peniston, who had a great song called Finally, and Crystal Waters, Gypsy Woman, and then Robin S., who was sampled on the Beyonce record. You know, usually Black women with really huge belter voices on top of just like very kind of funky, propulsive beats that just were very popular in gay clubs at the time and then percolated up into the mainstream in the 90s, too. Anybody who was around in that era who was dancing at nightclubs is going to know those songs like they know their own DNA. I mean, they're just imprinted on a generation of people. <laughs> what was Everybody Dance Now kind of house? Yeah, it was drawing from the instrumentation of that kind of house music. But yeah, what was exciting about that time is it was, uh, there were kind of no rules, especially in America. You know, the genre was invented in America. Europeans kind of built it into this kind of festival phenomenon. There's always been like a long kind of interplay between, you know, Americans inventing, Europeans refining and going back and forth too. So um, it, it was a really a no rules time. And especially in SoCal in the 90s, you could go out to dance clubs to hear it. But a lot of the action was in these illegal renegade raves off in the forests or out in the desert. And people were like quite literally breaking the law to go here and play this music. It was a really interesting time. Yeah, my friends would go to those raves. I was too much of a nerd to go. <laughs> but I was listening to what they were playing on KISS FM. And so how was how starting to change then going into the 90s and the 2000s? Well, I think in the 90s, there was clear that there was some commercial potential to it. People like Moby or Fatboy Slim had hits that Americans would recognize. And people were using a lot of those sounds you know, to make interesting beat-driven pop music like that. Then Daft Punk coming back in 2006 at Coachella was obviously a landmark moment. That blew people's minds to this day. You'll hear people talk about that set as transformative in their lives. And then into the 2000s came the EDM explosion in America, where a lot of acts that were using house music became these huge festival phenomenons. You know, guys like Cascade and Tiesto, who was another big guy in the 90s. You know, they suddenly had this second wind at their back um, playing to 100,000 people at, you know, big American festivals. And, you know, LA Times readers would probably remember Electric Daisy Carnival around the 2010 era and a lot of the kind of drama and conflict around that at the time. But it did announce raving as kind of a permanent American festival phenomenon that drew from house music. And, you know, most acts that play that or have at least one foot in house music. And that continues to this day. I mean, EDC is still, I think, the biggest multi-day festival in the United States. Yeah. And now house music is all over the mainstream again. This is the summer of house music, mostly Beyonce and Drake are the two most high-profile superstars that have been using the cultural context and the literal mechanics of house music, like using those kinds of beats, those kinds of productions. I think Beyonce's was better received. I think her musical prowess, her virtuosity, and just the strength of those songs and the kind of 
message and cultural background of drawing from Black LGBT dance club culture, coupled with the strength of her voice that recalls Crystal Waters and Robin S and CeCe Peniston, there's no more natural fit than Beyonce to make a house record. Drake doing one was pretty interesting. You know, I think he's always had an affinity for that music. He's worked with people like Black Coffee and Jamie XX to make songs before, but for him to do a whole record of it where he barely even raps was, I think, took a lot of fans by surprise. Finding myself, showing myself, finding a way. Reaction was mixed, though. I think there's some strong tunes on that one, but I think if you're putting them head to head, Beyonce was the clear winner in that battle. I was eating with a colleague of ours a couple of weeks ago, and they had on here in Southern California, Kiss FM, and within the space of an hour, they played Break My Soul by Beyonce three times. And <laughs> both of us, we're like from the same generation, we're like, oh shoot, this is like going back to Sycamore Junior High, early 90s. Mm -hmm. Quite literally, because Break My Soul does sample Robin S. And uh, if you know that hook, that's gonna make your hair stand up on end before you even really realize what's happening. It is meant for people like you. <laughs> More after the break. So August, why all the attention right now to House by these big time artists? What is it about the genre that lends itself to the moment that we're at right now? You might remember that we've all been locked inside tearing our hair out for a few years now. And yeah. it's been an extremely halting return to any kind of social interaction or communal experience. And I think for a long time, people have been just getting ready to get sweaty and meet some strangers on a dance floor. And people have finally arrived at a point where they're going out regardless and they want to dance and they won't be told otherwise. And I think these superstars are trying to read the room and, you know, for people like Beyonce, who obviously is deeply influenced by a song like Robin S, Show Me Love, that's the kind of music she wants to hear when she goes out and dances right now. And I think that's kind of shared among her fan base. And someone like Drake, you know, a song like Calling My Name or Tex Go Green really draws from a tradition of warehouse music like Frankie Knuckles, where it's just like soulful, sung, but also like moody and transportive music where people want to go get lost in a dark room with smoke machines all night. People are seeking release and ecstasy and also communality in a way, like get together and just let it all out on the dance floor, so to speak. Oh, yeah. yeah. Everyone has been you know, left to their own devices for so long that like doing anything communally is like we're all starved for it. Even early during lockdown, I think there was a lot of interesting kind of dance music and disco coming out, you know, like a Dua Lipa's album and the Weekends album all use bits of disco to lift people's spirits. But, you know, the Beyonce and Drake records, I think, are they're meant to be experienced together on a dance floor. And I'm sure people are going to find ways to get it. Yeah, I'm curious just how that OG's era of house music from the 80s and 90s, how Drake and Beyonce and all these other artists are drawing it. So I'm going to shout out a song mm -hmm. and I want you to get into the rhythms, like really break, put on your pop music genius hat and just lay it down for us. So I'm going to start with the most obvious one, Break My Soul. You already mentioned it by Beyonce. And we actually talked about it a bit on the Times episode with our colleague, Michael Woods, but What's your thoughts on Break My Soul and how does it relate to Robin S? Well, I think the interesting thing is to hear it in the context of the album now, because when it came out, I think, you know, the reception was good. Beyonce has a powerhouse vocal. The Robin S sample, for anyone that's into house music, that's a North Star of the genre. And when I interviewed Robin S, she said she took the reference as a huge compliment and thinks that they're part of the same legacy in some ways. 
listening to the songs that are on the album, I'm like, okay, yeah, I was feeling that too. I was feeling that too. You know, it's, you know that you've made an impact on this world, in the music industry, in society, in culture, when someone is redoing your song or taking a sample from your song. You know, you, you can't think anything otherwise. And, you know, she also spoke to me about how house music is meant to uplift people and nourish them in really difficult times. And you know, she sees herself and this Beyonce album as doing something similar in that respect. I've also read stuff where, you know, some people are not happy about it because it's an album full of sampled songs. Well, the album's called Renaissance. It's called Renaissance for a reason. And, and I totally understand that. It's not because my sample is on that song, but it's, it's a reason why the album is called Renaissance. It's all the music that made me feel good, all the music that I jammed to and listened to over my period of time. So this is nothing new. It's nothing new. It's just that she's an R&B artist and she's one of, she's the queen of an R&B artist you know, the R&B world, and, and she decided to do dance, okay? You can't, you can't get mad at that. It also samples Big Frida, who was a New Orleans bounce artist that came up in the 2010s, but has remained this very influential figure within dance music for a few decades now. And I think Beyonce owes a lot to that gender progressive LGBT dance music culture. And I think the kind of pairing of that really traces a path from the 90s into the 2000s into the song Today, which has a really, it's got a powerful hook. And you know, I think Beyonce singing a message of release and being sick of work and the kind of grind of the last few years that I think really resonates with the spirit of even the 80s in the warehouse. You know, people working at factory jobs in Chicago went out to the warehouse to go dance to get away from the kind of misery of the post-industrial Midwest. And, you know, I think Beyonce within that song finds a path through in all those decades, all those sounds, all those moments. And when you hear it in the broader context of the album, it makes a lot of sense to see what she's doing. The song is the sexiest history lesson in kind of recent music. Like it's a masterclass in everything that's happened in dance music for 40 years, but it also just sounds amazing and of the moment and hits the spot for what people really need right now. What other Beyonce songs from her new album stick out to you as like great homages to House? Cozy is a great one. That one's got a cameo from this great underground artist named Honey Dijon on it. You know, and that's got that big, sassy, tawdry, raw vocal delivery. It's Beyonce, so it's this very kind of artful, stutter step, quick cuts, lots of interesting noises on it. And it is just meant for getting up in a stranger's ear and whispering sweet nothings to him on the dance floor, for sure. I think Alien Superstar's got a lot of it. It's got a very kind of classic house groove to it. Cuff It's got a really great Larry LeVon kind of disco sensibility to it. All these songs, you know, they're very kind of of the moment. Beyonce puts a very Beyonce-style vocal spin on it, but she's very savvy in positioning them within these different eras of dance music that, you know, listeners coming to it for the first time, I think it'll pique their curiosity. But, you know, for old heads that have been listening to this for ages, they're going to hear a lot of it in a brand new light. And it's got to be exciting to see Zoomers rediscover someone like Robin S. It's, I guess <laughs> it's got to be really fun for them. Oh, yeah. What about Drake? What's House about his new album? 
it's interesting because where Beyonce taps into all these different eras, Drake's is very specific and monochrome is the wrong word, but he's definitely going for this DTLA late night warehouse vibe where it's kind of one beat for 45 minutes. It's a lot of this kind of mournful pitch corrected vocals. Like he barely raps on a lot of it. He worked with a producer from South Africa called Black Coffee, who's been big on the festival circuit. And he just won a Grammy for best dance electronic album last year. And he's not really tapping into a lot of different eras, but it's this really clean distillation of a kind of 3 a.m. Maybe the drugs are kind of really kicking in and you're feeling really good and want to go meet some strangers right now. Uh, <laughs> but it's very transportive and it's a very new look for him, mostly just because he's not rapping at all, really, other than a couple of songs. The really interesting person for me is Bad Bunny. He's a, one of the biggest music stars in the world, the king of reggaeton. But DJs have been doing house mixes of his stuff for a while. So now he just got into the game. Yeah, he's always had a great voice to be remixed. You know, it says that kind of, it's very mournful, melodic, and it's kind of usually like smeared up with some auto-tune and effects. It fits really well on top of dance beats. But, you know, with this album, especially on the song El Apagón, he really leaned into it hard. You know, it's got that kind of funky, squelchy sax synth sound. It's got a big chant vocal behind it. You know, it's got a lot of Latin percussion, which if you listen to old like 70s salsa orchestra records, uh, you know, you'll recognize a lot of the percussion sounds on it. It really kind of does a Venn diagram between what he's good at versus this kind of house music moment in a way that's really distinct even from Beyonce and Drake. You know, it's a genre of one that he's doing right now. And I love that song. I think it's going to be just crushing on mixes. Uh, you know, that song Pepas yeah. uh, was also really big over the last year, especially in like Miami rave scene land. And it's a really interesting kind of pop Latin house music crossover right now that I think it has a lot of legs going forward. People want to dance and that's a whole slice of the world that's going to be doing interesting things in the scene for a long time. More after the break. I'm sure you're reading all these headlines saying house music is back, house music is back, but it never really left. So when you read headlines like that, what's that say to you? Well, it's kind of the story of house music is that it waxes and wanes culturally um, in the mainstream over the years. You know, ever since it took off in the 80s and into the 90s and 2000s, it's never gone away. You know, people always want to go dance. They always want to find interesting new genre frameworks for the bedrock of house music. You know, it can travel into all sorts of different scenes and sounds. And, um, you know, the human need to go communally dance together never wanes. It's always there. And one thing Robin S. wanted to make clear is that while house music is currently in vogue for pop superstars, it never died and it's never lost its influence for the people that need it. It's just that people never paid attention to us. You know, I mean, it was, yeah, that music that makes you feel good for the moment. And then, yeah, I'm going to go back to my R&B or my jazz. And I mean, it's called Renaissance. <laughs> Renaissance is pulling things from the old into the new and, and you know, giving them life again. They tossed it to the side. It didn't mean that it died. It just meant that we had to protect one another. And that's what we've done all these years is protect one another, protect our music, the things that meant something to us. 
if you're going out, especially in like downtown LA on the weekends, you know, there are dozens of great shows, always have been every night since the 90s. And I think people that have been in the genre for a long time are like really familiar with Top 40 Radio coming in and peeking around, taking what it needs, then leaving for a decade. No, it's not a new phenomenon. The people really committed to it will always seek it out and find it. And its relative popularity doesn't really make a difference to what people go out and look for. How does the pure house scene look like right now? In other words, those underground rave, not Beyonce, not Drake, but the ones, as you put the recycling plants with a mixer right there. <laughs> yeah, the one really great thing about the contemporary scene is it is extremely diverse at its vanguard. Like we're at a, a banner year for trans women making exemplary records, pulling great crowds and really just like setting the pace for where the genre is going. Like I'm thinking of, you know, someone like Honey Dijon's contribution to Beyonce's track Cozy, I think was uh, really intentional on Beyonce's behalf. I think she really wanted to highlight the black LGBT roots of a lot of the genres that she's using on this record. And, uh, you know, Honey Dijon has a great song called Love is a State of Mind that I think fits really neatly into this house music moment. And I think people that discover her on the Beyonce record, if they go looking, they're going to find a well of really fascinating tracks from Honey Dijon. I think she's got a real shot at using this moment to ascend to a new level of recognition within music outside of the underground. Beyonce's gay uncle influenced a lot of the record and brought her into the, the gay LGBT roots of house music. I'm thinking of acts like Jasmine Infinity and Juliana Huxtable and Octo Octa and Eris Drew. None of them are necessarily pure house music, but they're using the tools of house music to do something really exciting and putting trans women, especially trans women of color, at the very tip of the spear of this genre. Uh, you know, everyone in the scene has to acknowledge that trans women run the show these days. And that's really exciting to me about where the underground is going these days. Finally, this episode could have easily been about hip hop if podcasts existed in the 1990s or disco in the 70s or rock and roll if it were in the 1950s. In other words, underground genres always get a mainstream moment and some stay there and become part of the mainstream and others just go back. So what do you see as a future for house music? Well, I think you've alluded to it. I think the Latin house crossover is a really interesting global phenomenon of someone like Bad Bunny can make a top 40 hit out of it by being completely uncompromising and doing something really unprecedented. Um, you know, I think I look forward to seeing a trans woman artist get to the top of the charts with this. You know, I think someone like Kim Petras is a trans woman doing not house music per se, but like interesting electronic music. You know, she's got a lot of potential there. Honey Dijon, I think, is someone with a lot of interesting commercial potential too. She's a stellar producer, writes great hooks, is extremely charismatic on stage. And I think in the vein of Big Frida, I think she's got a lot of potential to take off here. Uh, but mostly the scene, the best thing about the scene is it doesn't need the mainstream's approval to survive and thrive. It'll always find its own twists and turns. The musical bedrock of it is never going away. And the best thing about it is you can't predict where it's going to go. You know, right now it's having a moment where superstars are paying a lot of attention to it. I think it's going to draw a lot of new ears into the genre for sure. But the coolest thing about house music is it does what it wants. It's a wild animal. And anyone that tries to shape it or force it into a box is going to find themselves outsmarted by the producers instantaneously. August. Thank you so much for this conversation. Oh, this is so fun. Thank you, Gustavo. Go dancing this weekend. <laughs> I'll try.
And that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. David Toledo, Syria Henry, and Ashley Brown were the jefes on this episode, and Mark Nieto mixed and mastered it. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Brasali, and David Toledo, and Ashley Brown. Our editorial assistants are Madeline Amato and Carlos Deloera. Our intern is Surya Henry. Our engineers are Mario Diaz, Mark Nieto, and Mike Heflin. Our editor is Kinsey Moreland. Our executive producers are Hasmira Aguilera, Shani Hilton, and Hiba El Orbani. And our theme music is by Andrew Eatman. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us a Puccio podcast. And if you want your house moment from The Simpsons, remember when Homer thought Bart was gay and they went to the steel mill and the guy, big old buff, burly guy, tells, I forgot what he tells Homer, but then at the end, when the whistle blows, it turns into a dance floor. And then the, Homer's like, what? You guys are blah, blah, blah. And then the guy's like, we work hard. We play hard. And then all those steel workers start dancing to everybody dance now. Brilliant moment of The Simpsons. Anyways, I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news and this month. Gracias.